right, what is going on, everybody? This is the SaaS marketing makeover. I made the, okay, so John and I were talking off stage, and he's got a lot of insights for you guys, especially around category creation. I got so carried away, I forgot the number one flaw of hosting a show or interviewing somebody, which is, how do you say your last name? So, John, I'm going to give this a, can I get it, can I give it a shot? Yeah, most people aren't brave enough to actually give it a shot, so I'm really curious what you come up with. Okay, so I'm gonna go John Raju. Asian route. Some people go like the European route. Some people try to. Can I go John Raju? Close. It's a, what is we, it? It's Americanized. It's Ruji, but it's Ruji. I love Raju. It should be Raju, but we're not in France, so here we are. <laughs> I love it. Well, John Ruji, welcome to the show. Uh, VP of Marketing at BombBomb. Uh, awesome company client. And super excited to have you on the show. Um, are you ready? Let's go for it. All right. Um, what we do now is we're going to spin the wheel. So, Ryan, will you spin that wheel for us? Okay. Airtable. I like that. Like product. Marketo. Big time. Cool. Figma. Oh, my gosh. Okay. They gave us Marketo, John. Um, wow. All right. Where do we start? So, let's get started. I'm going to share my screen. Um, are you familiar with Marketo? We are a Marketo customer, so I don't use them a lot personally. More yeah. familiar with HubSpot myself. How could you? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> sorry, Marketo. Um, the usability of that platform is tough. Uh, I used to be on Marketo, and I kind of maybe this is your experience, John, but I found that if your entire life has not been dedicated to Marketo, then you are not going to go in there and get something out of it. Is that a fair assessment? That's pretty accurate. There was like one thing I needed and I had to get our marketing ops uh, person to give me a tutorial. And once I realized the learning curve, I, I needed to stay away. Okay. Well, let's keep that in mind as we're thinking about how we would grow them. So the goal of this, John, is that we're going to give Marketo, um, you know, all our jokes aside, three ways that we would try to elevate them and I think we also have an understanding of who they are, what they're good at, um, and what we would do if we were CMO and to do a little marketing makeover. So we're going to look for three things. Where, where do you like to start, John, when you're looking at something and you're trying to evaluate it? What, what's your favorite way of kind of understanding what they're all about? Yeah. Well, I like to think about positioning, what their positioning strategy might be, um, whether it's in an established category that people are already aware of and understand kind of the dynamics of, or if it's something newer that people need more education about. And so for Marketo, they're in the marketing automation space, which is a very well-established yeah. um, com competitive space. So yeah, that's what I think about first is I'm assuming, and maybe I'm curious to hear your talk, your, your take, yeah. but I'm assuming that people generally know what Marketo is or what mar marketing automation is. Yeah. They're not speaking so much to someone who's new to that whole conversation. I like that. No, that's a good point. So let's see what they're doing here. Interactive product tour, because this to me is a really innovative call to action. Notice no schedule, a demo, no free trial, not no, mm -hmm. none of the hits, right? Kind of the hits of SaaS. So product tour, let's see what we got. Oh, and as only mm -hmm. Marketo can, we are going to gate it. Um, what's your take on gating these days? I think it's got a, I'm moving away from it myself. I, th I think it adds, 
I think people know what's going to happen as soon as they hit submit. They're not just going to see the Marketo plan in action, but they're probably going to get a series of maybe never ending emails. Yeah. And that they're going to have to work really hard to unsubscribe from. So, yeah. I think I, what I do like, John, is they allude to hope like it makes me feel like there could be an interactive tour behind here and not just like the C Marketo in action and then it goes to a landing page and says an AEO reach out in 24 hours and you feel like you got lied to. You know what I mean? Right. But here's the thing. I believe that the reason gating is wrong is because it's selfish. What I mean by that is we gate things for ourselves, not for our customer. And what I'm finding is anything I do for myself and not for my customer isn't always helping me. And I think the only way we get away from ungating things is if we change, like forcing all the marketers in the world to be measured by MQLs and MQLs only being if a form submitted. And then we're like, you know what I mean? Our goal is why we gate things, not our objective like big picture. You know what I'm saying? You're saying it, it drives towards a metric that we care about and we've kind of imposed upon ourselves, but not something that adds value to the customer or potential customer. Well, yeah. And as marketers, we get to do the thing that we love. We love to like point at someone else and be like, we did our job. You know what I'm saying here? Like we love to be like, look, hit my MQL goal, SQLs, rev opportunities, revenue. I mean, probably got to talk to the inbound SDR team. Got to talk to the AEs. I'm hitting my numbers. And I, I think it's because we're so concerned with ourselves and like what our objective is and like the tool we have in our toolbox and the measuring stick we get measured by, we lose sight of the fact that marketing should be held to revenue. And I don't think gating things increases revenue, if that makes sense. It just, it just might increase MPLs, but not necessarily revenue. Well, like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Like if you, the expectation there is the product tour, right? And so yep. why don't, if, if Marketo, there's this disconnect there on that form because they're asking for phone number, email, et cetera. They don't need any of that information to show you the product tour. Yeah. Let me see myself, baby. Right? right. But you, you haven't gotten to the point where you're asking to get in touch with them. No. And, and they can find out what company they just need to use Clearbit or something else to find out what company you are. And yep. They get those insights they need. So no, a hundred percent. Like my thought on this, I call this the magic moment, John. And the magic moment is when your activation rate drastically increases due to someone's experience in your product. So if you look at your mix panel, your heap, your pendo, whatever you're using for product analytics, your magic moment is the moment that this feature is used. And the moment you know that this feature is used, if you ran a regression analysis to get technical, you'd have a statistically significant T-stat saying this feature activates users at a much better rate than everything else. But I don't know, like I know what Marketo knows what that feature is, but I don't get to experience that because it's gated. You kind of get what I'm saying? Right. So that's kind of my first take. Now, Bomb Bomb is doing something that I love, which is you guys do a use case section for content. Um, given that we all know who Marketo is and we have an idea of what marketing automation is, I think it'd be cool to see if they have any like use case content. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I want to understand why Marketo, because I'm looking at the messaging on the home site or the homepage. Yep. And a lot of it is just why marketing automation. 
Well, yeah, and it's saying simple, right? The ironic part is I don't know anyone in the world who called Marketo simple, and their primary H1, like their call to action here is Marketo Engage makes the complex buyer journey simple. I, right. I don't, People don't buy Marketo for that reason unless I'm missing something. What I've seen people bar, buy Marketo for is like, like this. I can't, it's too small for me to read, so I'm really... All right, I'll get it to you in one second. See what shows up on the homepage. Here we go, like this. Hopefully you're getting rid of some of that <laughs> jargon in there. Something like this, right? Like ready to graduate to the big leagues. Yes. This is the marketing automation platform trusted by 90% of the Fortune 500. Yeah. Something like... You know what I'm saying? Because that's why people, they, they graduate from HubSpot to Marketo because they feel like they need more features and they need, need to do more. They don't choose Marketo because it's simple. I mean, if you want simple, you get Zoho or HubSpot or Monday or any of the SMB or vertically centric providers. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that speaks to the why. So, you know, when you're buying Marketo, probably a lot of the people watching this video know this already, but you're not paying a couple hundred bucks a month for Marketo. No, no, you're, you're probably spending five figures easily, probably six, maybe yeah. more, depending on your list. So you're not buying it for ease. You're you're gonna you're dedicating significant resources, mon you know, monetary resources, and so there's a big risk, right, in a purchase yep. of that size. So the risk isn't that is it easy to use or not. It's Ooh, who else is using right. this. How can I if I'm gonna sell this internally, because I think our, I'm the marketing ops manager and I want to sell this to my CMO. Why do we need Marketo? One of the things I can do right away to de-risk that and says is say what you put there. You're not trusted by 90% of the Fortune 500 or whatever whatever that equivalent yeah. may be. I'm, I think you probably just made up that stat, but yeah. whatever that equivalent is, you're reducing the fear of making such a large purchase, which is a big consideration for something of this nature. No, I love that. I think what I'd love to see too, right? If we're starting to understand the fears, right? Like a video here, right? Like a video here on this homepage. Instead of like, I mean, this is the lowest form of creative, like no offense, Marketo, but you all have a big enough budget to do better than a plain laptop with a bastardized version of your logo. I don't know. To me, if I'm Marketo, you know what I mean? Say any information that's helpful, nor does it evoke any emotion. I was at the emotion part, John. You know what I mean? Like, I think we're... As marketers, we forget that people aren't rational. We're irrational. Like, look in the mirror. We are irrational people who purchase things based off of feelings. And this 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 experience is emotionless um, and is, frankly, indicative of the UI you get when you use the product, unfortunately. Um, you know what I mean? I think if, if you were to pull customers, they'd say unintuitive UI, dated, and overly complex, right? That would be the honest truth of what people say. Now, the power users say, I love it. I can't get anything more out of it. And those are the people who, the marketing ops folks, but it's not um, a democratic platform like HubSpot where anyone can hop on and use it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and to your your point, the, the term simple and complex, those are neither good nor bad things. And what they're doing, doing in with that headline is they're shying away from their real strengths, which so complexity can be a good thing. You might want a complex marketing automation tool because you have some complex 
yeah. things you got to manage. Yep. And there's, but they're shying away from the fact that they have this complex, powerful, powerful tool. They're trying to convince you that it's a simple tool, which it really isn't. So they're getting that whole experience. The whole expectation is getting off on the wrong foot. No, but billion percent. Like, and like what I've found across millions of dollars to spend in, you know, hundreds of SaaS accounts, this right here, this is your sweet prince. This is your knight in shining armor is the magic quadrant. What do you think, John, in your experience with scroll depth, what percent of people do you think are actually getting to the magic quadrant? Down to there after, let's see, you got to go past all these kind of feature callouts. So Garrett, what, what would you think if you simply, if, if they took that section there and move that to the top, would that be an improvement on the site? Uh, I, yeah. So the great question, what I would do is I would do a dual call to action and what I want to do is as quickly as possible, get away from what I'm saying and get to what other people are saying. The faster I can do that, the more confidence and trust I can build because everybody knows that your landing page is a liar. They don't actually think that I don't think consciously, but subliminally we're, we we're skeptics a lot of times. And so what I want to do is I want someone else to say I'm great. And Gartner, if you're a leader in the magic quadrant, I want to throw that bad boy all the way up here and lead with kind of a dual CTA because literally universally, it is the highest performing content asset of any of our SASA clients every time. Um, and I think it's a shame that it's buried because they do have a very amazing product for the right buyer. And I don't think they're leaning into that. I think they're trying to be vanilla when they're a very specific flavor and they're not proudly embracing that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, products. This is interesting. I want to get your take on it. So they bought Visible, which was a big play in my opinion, um, to solve a very massive problem. And they kind of do it like this. What's been your experience with toggling product lines compared to doing maybe a two-column layout and maybe a you know what I mean or a larger page or something? Have you seen toggling work? What's been your experience? Mm. Yeah, I'm not a UI designer, so I'm not sure I'm going to provide the best insights on that. Yeah. Um, I th yeah. yeah, I think with what they're doing with these different toggles, it, it's the thing that's confusing me is they're pitching this Marketo Engage from Marketo.com. Yep. But then they're they've got other products that are outside of that, and it's not clear to me. I guess those are those are not really products, right? Those are aspects of market Marketo Engage. I guess I'm not sure. I think that's a great point of what you're communicating is like, I'm trying to figure out actually, that's a good question. What is Marketo engage? Because no, uh, no, I think it's separate. It looks like so the Marketo engage is separate from visible. So you would probably buy Marketo, which is their standalone product and then their platform. Cause usually what people do is they make Marketo engage the platform. And then, so it'd be like Marketo is a platform engage is a line visibles align experiences align mm -hmm. and then you would have engage revenue and experience or something like that as part of the marketo platform i guess it's not very clear it's a really good point it, it would be clear if it was marketo engage marketo this marketo that but there's only one modifier the only thing i can think of and this might be completely wrong is maybe adobe's thinking of retiring the marketo name and they just want to do, use engage 
I'm not sure why they do that though. Is Marketo has a lot it's of It's insane though, because they're the lead. I mean, they're the market leader in mid-market and enterprise, right? Like how would you yeah. sunset a brand like that? That's crazy. Right. Like, I mean, they might be though. I don't think you're wrong. It's just kind of crazy, right? Like, cause I mean, people haven't been excited about Adobe analytics in God knows how long, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I guess what they're struggling with is how do you take Marketo engage and Adobe experience cloud and integrate it? Cause I'd argue probably both of them look like legacy platforms compared to a HubSpot, right? Yeah. So do you remember how their product was broken down before Adobe acquired them? Was it was engaged a term they use and there were others that went along with it? They had like no, you just bought Marketo and then they had like new features like ABM and then they acquired Visible later. But it was like additional features, but it wasn't different products like now where they have Visible, Marketo. And Adobe. I think that's really what it is. It's visible Adobe Marketo. And mm -hmm. then though we go here. So I think what's interesting, right? Is does any of this actually speak to you? If we're just being completely transparent, like do you see any of these as your responsibility necessarily with the way they've communicated it? Like predictive content, advanced BI, sales insight, plug and play sales partnership, marketing data environment, content. It it seems a little interesting in the sense that like, I don't see a ton unless I'm missing it around email marketing, which. Around some of those core marketing automation capabilities. Yeah, like like what's like MQL and like, cause like they, they show me solutions, but they don't show me outcomes is my point. So like, what are the outcomes someone wants? Like, what's the pain of why they buy Marketo? And then what's the outcome they hope to achieve? And I would probably, as a recommendation, think through reworking capabilities and solutions to speak to that. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think they could go really far with some role-based content. Because you think about all the people who are involved in buying something that costs six yeah. figures a year. Is the 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 layer that the CMO is going to look at is completely different from what the marketing ops person is paying attention to, and that's completely different from what the IT team is thinking about. And maybe you know, there's other people. There's probably an ABM team that's going to be using this. So how are they going to speak to that team? They they don't make any of that clear. But to your point, people don't identify as yeah you know, with those terms. They identify as the role first, and then they think about the outcomes and responsibilities that that role has. No, I love that. So we could do something like this, right? So like if you and I were to come in and say, let's change resources to roles, put resources in the footer, and then we had roles, right? And then you had CMO and it talked about all the pain CMOs struggle to know what digital is really pacing to hit on your forecast or, and then SDRs, right? Have you ever dreamed of getting, like having all your like marketing touches in Salesforce one click away, like struggling with focusing on the best opportunities? Marketo's scoring my so like if I think about Marketo, why I bought it, and maybe you correct me here, I would want to talk about scoring, which I don't see here. So how, how do we do better lead scoring so we send the right leads to the right people at the right time? That that's a real use case of Marketo that I bought it for. Yeah. Another use case of Marketo. How do I let my AEs in Salesforce see the the impact marketing's having and the journey the customer's on so they can match it? Like, how do they know which opportunities are hottest post MQL score? 
And, and they have a great integration to Salesforce, by the way, to see all this. Um, the other thing I want to do is sales development. How can I do a better job of getting all the leads and contacts in my database into sequences? And then when timing's right, put them in outreach.io cadences because they become like I, that's the stuff people use Marketo for. They want to do cross channel budget allocation. They want to do better marketing forecasting. I just don't necessarily see a ton of that. And I, I think I'd want to speak towards that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're the SEO expert, but I know sometimes you'll incorporate terms in the menu or the footer for SEO purposes, but it doesn't seem to me like those are going to be things people would naturally search for. They're probably going to be searching for those more outcome-based things that you were speaking to. Yeah, I don't like you and I both know predictive audiences is not a hot topic in marketing right now. Like people try to do it with Bombora, slightly fail and then give up. Like that's the, like, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of what's actually happening. So it's just funny to me that it's like look like audiences. So if we're doing predictive audiences, is this just a segment competitor? So are we just saying that like, is this a, like a, a CDP, a customer data profile, right? Like I, I think, cause you're a category guy, right? So my question is, why not just match this to your use cases and what's already understood of your buyer and then essentially satisfy existing demand? It almost feels like we're trying to create demand um, when we could just satisfy it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I'd be curious too, what, like what people, what percentage of people who are buying Marketo are buying marketing automation for the first time versus upgrading. So kind of back to our previous conversation. Yep. But, and then looking at the gaps of like, what are the things that people this is why buyer personas are so important. So what what was the trigger that caused someone to say, hey, HubSpot's not enough or you know, Zoho's not enough. We need to move to Marketo. What are those triggers? It's not going to be a list as long as what they've got in the footer. It's, it's going to be a much narrower list of things. And then using their website to speak to those triggers, speak to the pain that is caused by not having a sufficient and lighter weight marketing automation solution. Yep. That's really what I want to see, not you know, a, uh, kind of a list of features kind of spewed across the page and things that are not necessarily hot topics or triggers for me looking for a new solution. It's like they're proving that the reason you choose them is because they do more and everything it seems to be is about more. I think what would be really interesting is to talk about customer onboarding, right? We all know how complex it is to move databases. Marketo is a database, right? It's a marketing database. Why do people who migrate, like, I would want to see a lot of content here from like um, HubSpot versus Marketo, Monday.com versus Marketo, Pardot versus Marketo, and just more transparency around meeting customers where they're actually at. Do you know what I'm saying? It feels like we're just ignoring the elephant in the room across this entire website. It's like, dude, you're Marketo. Everybody knows who you are. That's great. Here's all of our expectations and our assumptions about you, let's go tackle that. Like, hey, people say Marketo is old and dated. Let me tell you about our new Sky UI that solved those problems. People say you don't really get all the features. Let me talk about how our new customer onboarding is getting people to 90% adoption and faster than any other marketing ops platform out there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's go talk to the, the assumptions, the elephant in the room, instead of just going, here's all the stuff we do, Here's all the stuff we do. Here's all the stuff we do. 
here's more things of what we do that people are saying. And then it just seems like we're missing the right information almost. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like what you're getting at is all these features. Let's, let's take an extreme scenario and say somebody wants like most of these features or has interest in them. The challenge is like, that's a lot of work to get done, to learn what they are to figure out how to, how to use them. And so you're basically, you're creating a sense that you're, you're increasing the cost of switching because you're saying there's all these, all this stuff you've got to learn just to get value out of the platform. So they have to offset that with, um, training it or resources or onboarding or coaching or some combination thereof. And maybe they've got all that, but we certainly don't know that it's there based on, you know, the exploration we've done so far. Well, or if I think a part of me, John is like Marketo just knows that marketing ops, people like them, use them and they just keep getting new biz as people go from company to company. Like, I honestly think it might be that simple. So we can at least talk to that, right? Like see why, you know, 85% of marketing ops professionals recommend. Cause you can't use it without a marketing ops person, right? So like if that's the honest truth, like see why 85% of marketing ops professionals recommend Marketo. Like, like I just think there is fear in their marketing, John. I feel like they are genuinely afraid to not tell everyone everything they do and to talk about their value, their outcomes and their personas. Cause it's all features. It is just insanely yeah. feature centric in 2021. Well, I think they've got to pick their lane. So I don't know enough. I haven't done research on Marketo's users, but you know, that's that 85%. That's, that's good. That's interesting. I think what they could, they're not leveraging at all. is any sort of emotional appeal to, to how people feel when they unlock the power of the platform. It's like Ooh. our marketing ops uh, person. She's a badass. She's just, she's, you know, she's certified. She like, she really like thrives on being able to pull off this stuff. Like yeah, there's that sense of mastery you get. Like when you make something that's complex or sophisticated, automated, and it works really well and solves a problem, you feel like a badass. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Like it's a, you're like, I can do this and no one else can. Like I got this kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. And so you can, you can, if, if that's and if having all these features and all these like powerful ways of using their platform, it makes you feel like that badass or that marketing ninja, whatever they you want to call yeah. it. Like, man, highlight that because like they, you know, you they thrive on like getting those certifications and, and gaining knowledge and knowing how to use the platform. And like they feel a certain way when they get it, you know, get that competency, reach that level of mastery. So show no. them what you feel like we can they, when they can do all these amazing things. A hundred percent. I mean, that's kind of like literally what they're trying to do here, right? Like the, like this moment of like joy that they've solved a problem. And like, this is what the new growth companies look like. You see what I'm saying? It's all outcomes. It's social proof, changing your life. It's using emotional, it's using data, right? And then you've got the old school, which is the features. Now, Marco's a massive success, right? So we can't assume they don't know what they're doing at all. What I just find interesting, and I love to hear from you since I know your background, a lot of what you're great at, John, is category creation. What do you do in a mature category? So you're Marketo, right? And you are the enterprise leader of marketing operations and marketing automation. And you built this marketing automation world, right? 
and your founder left, created Engageo, and there's all sorts of craziness, but you were the it thing, right? And in marketing tech, you really were, and you still kind of are. What do you do on the mature end of a category creation if you're a market editor? Yeah, so there's a couple plays, but that you can you can look at. The thing that I've got to share first, though, is not everyone needs or even should create a new category from mm. scratch, okay. right? Yeah. If you're, so if you're in an existing category, like you know, ninety percent plus companies are, there's a couple of things you can do, and then I'll get to something that's kind of on top of that after these two yeah. plays. So one is, you know, you're just you're the number one in the space. So you're the sales force of CRM, and there's one company that can do that, um, and they it's just about reinforcing that position. So I saw an ad for Salesforce. Wall Street Journal. Yep, the Wall Street Journal ad. Yep, the one. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about the market share one, right? Yep, yep, yeah. And they're just reinforcing it's it's a safe choice. Um, the other piece or the other approach you can take is you know carve out a niche within that category that you own and serve better than anyone else. Yep. Um, now I don't know. It's been a little while since I've evaluated marketing automation. I'm not sure who the leader is right now, or if it's or if it's. It's still, the sense is still HubSpot's great if you've got a smaller team and you don't need all the features, but it, you know, but the HubSpot added custom fields. The knock on HubSpot is no custom fields. Mm -hmm. It's out of the box. It's what you get. It works great unless you want more. And Mark, and then Marketo was the, you graduated to Marketo. Oh, you're ready to play with, you know, in the big leagues and you're ready to, you need features, you need complexity. You've got, you know, multiple business units across multiple regions with multiple stakeholders. You need Marketo. That's kind of been the play. Got it. Okay. So if that's if they're the owner of that niche, they've got to first they have to start by reinforcing the fact that they've got that leadership position. And you kind of hit on that with some of the headlines you tried out. Yep. But what they have to continue to do is if they're the leader in this in this space, they have to um, continually redefine what mark, marketing automation means and what it can do. Mm. And because if, if they don't do that eventually someone else is going to start casting a better vision for marketing automation than they will. And they're going to be the yep. perceived leader. They may not be the leader in market share, but they're going to be the leader in mind share yep. and vision. And that's eventually going to lead to um, surpassing that company in, in market share. So like well, you can example, see it, right, John, I mean, look at everybody else, everybody else around them is creating emotion. They're speaking mm -hmm. towards it. They, they've got clarity around marketing hub, sales hub, CMS hub, service hub, pricing's accessible, right? Like everyone else is doing it. And then we got no pricing. We got no emotion. It, yeah, it's a little crazy, right? Right. And, and on top of that, another thing you see happening is there's all this consolidation in marketing and sales ops tools. So yep. you get, you know, you HubSpot, they've got chat, they've got CRM. Um, they've got uh, email marketing automation. So that's, it's, you're, they're kind of, it's like consolidating into this all-in-one solution. You know, a company like Drift started off with chatbots, then they added video, they bought an email provider. ABM, so they're, yeah, yeah, ABM, they're consolidating. Um, uh, Salesforce just bought Slack. You know, Microsoft got, has its ecosystem. Google has its ecosystem. Google doesn't do a lot of things in marketing. Adobe, right, is trying to build their ecosystem through Marketo and Visible and Experience. Right. And so what you haven't seen yet is anybody, no, nobody has really um, cast a really 
strong and compelling vision for what that like meta category is. Ooh. Like it's not defined. It's just this vague kind of collection of these things that maybe work together, maybe don't. Yep. But no one has really defined like here's why you need to bring these tools together and here's what that means and here's what we're going to call it. Here's why it matters. Here's the problem that it solves from fragmented tools. That narrative doesn't exist yet. Yeah, it's like CX meets digital transformation meets like all these different things. But you're right. No one said it. I think that would be a powerful path forward. So in closing, John, let's wrap this thing up. So if I can kind of repeat some of the stuff we talked about. Number one, right? We show up to Marketo. I think we got to bring some humanity, right, baby? Like a little emotion, a little copy, some type of feel to it. Let's see a face. Yeah, let's face exactly. Give me, show me what the marketing ops woman or man who's accomplished this objective in this like proud filled moment. Let me see what that looks like. Um, product tour, I love it in the sense that I think it's innovative and it's awesome. Except I don't get a product tour when I click this. So ungate that, and then I love your idea of the meta category, right? How do we take marketing automation, email marketing, lead management, revenue attribution, and package it in a way that's frankly deeper than Marketo Engage and instead appeals to some utopic, bigger meta category. I love that word meta category um, to grow. Yeah. Yeah. They've got their work cut out for them, but I think that's like, you know, they're, they're a successful company. They did a lot of good things at the right time. And so I don't know. Who has a bunch of people who love them, by the way, John, like if you hire someone and they're a Marketo power user, good luck trying to get them on Pardot or HubSpot or anything, right? They love their Marketo. What about the rest of us though? What about anyone who is exploring for the first time or ready to go to the next level? I think all these recommendations would be great for them. Any final thoughts for us today, John? I think a lot of what we've seen with Marketo is not having a clear vision for where they're headed and just kind of being complacent on having that number one spot and having that loyal user base. But if they were a company with the aspirations of like a Salesforce or a Microsoft that wanted to be something bigger and better, I think I think that would, if it was done right, it would bubble down you know, or cascade down through the people writing the copy and working on the website, but it's not there. And we levied a lot of criticisms today, but I'm guessing what's happening is people working on that site don't have a lot of raw material or a good foundation to work from. And it's good enough, right? They're probably going to meet their revenue goals or have a reasonable amount of growth and they can kind of get away with it for now. Um, I'd be curious to do this, you know, session in three or five years and see you know, what's changed uh, both on Marketo side and with our competitors. Yeah. And I love it. Cause you know what? Marketo is an amazing company. They've done great work. They've been hyper successful and they did kind of create, like they did everything we're talking about and then forgot about it. That's the funniest part. Like they created the category. They dominated. They were Marketo. And now they're like, Marketo, right? They sold to Adobe and Adobe just kind of has them like they're a private equity group. Like, yo, how much cash can we squeeze out of this thing? Is right. kind of more what it looks like instead of like, how can we reinvent digital marketing transformation in the COVID era, right? Like we're living in COVID. Everyone's having to get better at digital. All the B2B companies like trade shows are dying down. All the legacy stuff, the field sales, and it's going to digital and Marketo could literally just plant a flag and say, here's how we're doing digital transformation and you have to use us. And instead right. it's like, check out all our features. And that's where I think you and I are like, you're Marketo, right? Like aspire, like make us feel something. 
And it's just not there today. I don't know. But you know what? And they're actually, they're not Marketo as a standalone company. They're Marketo part of Adobe. And I don't know, I've never worked at either company. They probably have different cultures and different values. Yep. So getting those lined up, it's going to take some work. No, 100%, John. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. If anyone wants to follow along um, and just kind of follow you on your journey or learn more about category creation, which is an amazing subject, how can they do so? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, you know how to spell my name. You know how to find me. There's the link. Um, I also have a category design uh, blog, flagandfrontier.com. Um, yep. I just published a newcomer's guide to category design that has got uh, – Insights from dozens of category designers is a 40 page yeah. guide. It's free. It's ungated Garrett. No email. Oh, wow. required. You can just download it right now. Uh, so check that out on flag and frontier. Yeah. You had a great article about like why a CEO needs to lead the charge for category creation. So anyone watching go read John stuff. He has a lot of great insights around a topic that we all watch, like drift talk about it and Dave Gerhardt and we all want to do it, but then nobody really knows how. And I think you're plugging a real gap there, John. So awesome work. Um, and thanks for being on the show. Thanks everybody. Thanks, Kevin.